Stephanie Hansen, and you're listening to Dishing with Stephanie's Dish, another podcast because I didn't have enough that is just for fun to talk to people that I like to talk to about food and the world and anything else that's happening. And we just dish about what's happening today. So I'm here with my, I think it's fair to say you're my husband's best friend, therefore my good friend too, Miles Jacob. I have a, I have a few best friends, but they're all honorary Jacob brothers. So for people that are listening and listen to us, you have a cabin on the same lake that we have a cabin at Burnside Lake. And we spend a lot of time together because we have these cabins that are close together. We're both on islands, but we go back and forth in the boats. We both have elderly parents that we spend time at the cabin with. And you also have a farm that's not a technically working farm, but we do a lot of dinner parties together. I think for the first five years I was with Kurt, the only nights we really went out were to go to your house for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That was fun though. It's, <laughs> that, that, yeah. was our, that was our big source of entertainment because we were the only people that had kids back then. So yeah, we, we had some epic dinner parties. Amazing. Yeah. When we when I asked you to to sit on this podcast with me because you and I talk a lot about food, you love food. You actually know more about a lot of food than I do. And I said we can talk about whatever it is that you want. What was the first thing that came to mind? Ah, uh, jeez, I don't know. Uh I do like to talk about food. I don't know as much as um, anyone who's like in the business at all. Uh, it's just a hobby. I love to cook and, uh, it saved me in these, uh, these pandemic times. It's given me something to do. Um, so every day you're cooking like elaborate meals for your yeah, wife. Well, what are you cooking? I, I like to cook from recipes. So I, uh, so, you know, I spend time looking on online and, and, you know, just reading and trying new recipes you know as i say because of my my real life job is you know 90% curtailed i've got some time <laughs> so so do you go to specific sites do you look through books where do you get inspiration um, every day i am yeah i'm an internet nerd uh that way i get a lot of food related you know, newsletters and you know sort of daily emails from like seriouseats.com or bon appetit you know nothing super secret or anything and they're popular big food sites and then i sort of get off into um, my own little sort of types of food that i like eating mostly and so i'll go to a place like there's a place called uh, mala market which specializes in importing um Szechuan cooking ingredients. They have a bunch of recipes themselves and they also have their own little store that you can order really cool ingredients from. So I get into it like that. It's been it's like I say it's been a lifesaver for me with with the whole virus lockdown. So do you like look in your refrigerator and see what's in there and think, okay, I have chicken, so I need to find something to cook with chicken or do you get the inspiration for the recipe? and then go shopping. Yep, it's the other. It's um I'll I'll find a recipe that um you know, I want to cook that day and I'll make a grocery list and go to the store and and shop for it. And um depending on what kind of thing I'm making and what kind of ingredients I need for it, that's where I'll go to shop. Um you know, I live in Southwest Minneapolis and so I'm really really fortunate that there's a lot of good food um 
places around us, you know, whether it's, you know, our co-op, Linden Hills Co-op is a really good co-op, um, uh, Whole Foods, Fresh Time, Lunds. Uh, I know you like Clancy's too. I love Clancy's, which is you know, a block and a half from us. And, you know, we've been here for a long time. We were here before Clancy's was Clancy's. It was an old fashioned butcher store with, you know, a guy with a handlebar mustache behind the counter and just doing things the way things have been done forever in a butcher store in Minnesota. <laughs> I mean, it's not funny. The guy had a heart attack and he survived <laughs> and everything, but he sold the uh, place to Kristen and she was way ahead of the curve in terms of running that kind of a butcher shop. Um, she was super cool. And she didn't know anything about it when she started. She's just amazing. Because, I mean, that must have been 20 years ago. I don't know. I had no idea that she wasn't like a butcher when she bought it and had all that experience. No, she and a uh, now former partner bought the store and he was a chef and she worked for, I'm blocking on the name of it. There's still, it's a fish wholesaler um, here in town. Uh, the one up in Northeast, I forget. I fish forget guys? Maybe. You know, so she was, she was tangentially in the food business, but um, not owning a butcher shop. And the guy that sold her, the business, helped, you know, sort of train her in and the and, and her uh, ex-partner, you know, in how to break down animals. And, you know, she took it from there in terms of establishing relationships with local farmers. And, you know, she's somehow she's made it because I can't imagine that's an easy business. Um, could you ever do that, Miles? Like, could you butcher a whole pig or? Yeah, it's not my thing. I could. It, um, you know, I'm not a hunter. I'm not much into killing. Uh, well, <laughs> Thank not, God. You know, and I mean, no judgment. I'm just, I'm not in. Sure. Um, you know, so I, I read about sort of what it's like to be someone like me who's sort of, you know, foodie, a horrible word, but, you know, into food. And they go to watch the process where you go to the farm and, and you watch the animal be slaughtered and broken down and, you know, brought to market. I'm interested in it. I have no interest in really doing it or frankly witnessing it. I know. If a carcass of an animal, you know, was in a cold room and, you know, someone and was already sort of ready to be cut into market pieces, I, I could do that and it wouldn't bother me one bit. Um, but the whole life to death thing is not my game. <laughs> I know too. You can spatchcock a chicken because spatchcock's our favorite word. <laughs> spatchcock is one of my favorite words. <laughs> Spatchcock was like all anybody talked about last Thanksgiving. Do you remember that? <laughs> I do. I, and uh, I don't know. Several Christmases ago, I sent out to uh, our two kids, you know, some ideas for presents. <laughs> I wanted uh, poultry shears. <laughs> and Leah, our daughter, sent a, a note back saying, there's nothing that says Christmas like poultry shears. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I got for Christmas and it was great. And I use them all the time. They really, really work. Sounds I stupid. actually use poultry shears too. I think they're kind of an amazing tool. Yeah. It, they can cut through bones. It's amazing anyway. So yeah, <laughs> that's one of my, it is one of my favorite words. <laughs> I know. I know this about you. So yeah. when we think about Thanksgiving coming up, 
we live in the state of Minnesota where governor, our governor has asked us to limit our gatherings to 10 people, no more from three different families. You have two children who have families. Yeah. What is the Thanksgiving going to look like for you guys oh, this year? Man, it's such a, it's a hot topic in our household just right now. And uh, we're trying to figure out what to do. Um, I have two parents that are elderly, but healthy enough. And typically they would, they would come to Thanksgiving. And um, one of our kids has two of her own kids and the other kid is married. And, you know, we don't know. We're not really sure what to do. Um, well, I am someone that is all about being careful because of the virus. I'm not a no face mask guy. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> uh, Thank God. We couldn't be friends if you weren't. Yeah. So, I, you know, I, it, it's we're trying to figure out the right thing to do. I mean, we want to have everyone over for, you know, a Thanksgiving meal, which is what we typically would do. And we're just trying to decide, is that dumb, I guess? You know, the, the reason that I think we're, we'll probably do it anyway, depending on what happens in the next couple of weeks, uh, is those people are pretty much in my bubble anyway. N not all at once, but in a pretty regular way. And so, you know, the the added risk is probably probably not that much. But again, particularly with my parents being elderly and I, you know, my wife and I are not exactly young. It's it's fraught with 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 some fright. We're we're nervous about it. So one thing that I read, and I don't know if this will help you at all, was that having like separate tables mm. in sort of you've got a three room area where you literally could put like yeah. three separate tables, but all yeah. sort of be together. Right. Well, and maybe that's a good idea. The other thing that we thought about doing was, well, I mean, first of all, all of, you know, my immediate family were relatively careful. We're not people, you know, before the whole virus thing, you know, we would go out to dinner like everyone else and, you know, be around other people a fair amount. We don't do that anymore. So I haven't been tested yet. I haven't felt the need to be tested. So one of the things we talked about doing was having everyone on their own go and get tested the weekend before or the Monday before Thanksgiving. So that doesn't make it feel safe, but it gives us a clue that we're coming in hopefully clean and that helps that helps with the worry part of it um so maybe we'll do that you know the state is now you can you can you can do a saliva test for free with the state and not even go anywhere to do it they it's it's postage paid they'll send you the kit and the directions and the prepaid envelope back and they give you a result within 24 to 48 hours and again that isn't going to be fail safe but that would give me a fair amount of confidence. If everyone did that and everyone came back negative, I'd feel pretty good, I guess. Yeah. And I think too, the key to that is, so you've gotten the test on a Monday and you don't go anywhere really between right. that and Thursday, right. you kind of limit your contact and we're in the yep. same boat because Kurt's mom is the same age as your parents. Yep. I have two college, I have a daughter who is in college whose partner is a school teacher. They're both distance learning from home, but I know they see friends. They try to be careful. Yeah. Their friend group is small. I know that on occasion they get together at one of these girls' apartments and they oh, play games. Good. 
Yeah. And yeah. it's uh, well, and we have a granddaughter that is Montessori school slash daycare, whatever. She's the one that is that makes the bubble way bigger than we want it to be. You know, maybe there won't be school that week. So if she got tested, you could feel pretty good about that. You know, she's she's really the only one that lets the outside world in in a, in a pretty regular way. The rest of us are fortunate enough that we can work from home. You know, we wear masks when we go into public, like to the grocery store or whatever. She's the one that is concerning in terms of... yeah. Potential super spreader, just because she's a little kid. I I, I don't, I don't say this to put it on her, of course, but you know, it's uh, it's not without risk. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, and it's so interesting to think about, you know, how families are going to gather, what is safe. Everybody is trying to do their best, but I'm sure for the seven thousand people that were diagnosed yesterday. You know, yep. a certain percentage of them were thinking they were doing their best too. And my yeah. husband, we had coffee this morning and he said, well, if 7,000 people got uh, diagnosed yesterday, that means about 70 will die. Yeah. And you just think yeah. about that and it's so oh. disturbing and sad. Oh. It's, I mean, that was when, when, when the, when I saw the numbers yesterday and I see the numbers every day, um, you know, I don't even have to go looking for them. They're, it's right there. It freaks me out. This is everywhere. Hey, when when um, I dropped my granddaughter off yesterday in St. Paul, I was driving home, driving by Wells, the Green Mill, and you can look right in the window and there's, you know, there's four people up at the bar and they were distanced from each other. But I don't know. I, I, maybe I'm the exceptionist, but it's like there's a virus going around. Uh, what are you doing at the bar? And these weren't young people. God, I mean, the, the, the young people, I feel sorry for them. I, you know, God knows what I would do if I was young. But it's like, what are you doing there? What are you doing there? I, I, I just, who goes to a bar? It, it's a couple of, if I was, I think it's a couple of people. One is people that because of the political administration and the way that this administration has handled the virus, they either don't believe in it, they don't believe in science, or they don't think it's very bad. So that's right. one camp. And then right. I think the other camp believes in it, knows that it's there, but it's like, well, you know, we got to live, right? We can't just right. be locked up for eight months. And right. it's kind of this yeah. esoteric fear so yep. they just take the risk because they're, you know, lonely, mm-hmm. they're depressed, they're not going to mm-hmm. be sidelined by the virus. And, yep. you know, I know people on all sides. And while I'm not a fan of this administration, and I think they really bungled the response, I also think it's understandable that some people don't believe this is a terrible thing because of the way they've treated it. Well, I know that's true. <laughs> I mean, it's one of the inexplicable things about our country today is that <laughs> say this isn't something where reasonable people can disagree on something and both have a, a legitimate point of view. <laughs> this this is just right and wrong. <laughs> I, I I hate to say it. And listen, I, we all we all make choices where we know it's maybe not ultimately the right choice. I'm guilty of that all the time. Just right now, when this thing is exploding in particular, to look around and, and see people that are just pretending that nothing's, nothing's different, it's like, wow. You can decide that choice for yourself. 
But just like the part I have a hard time with is fine. Like we don't have to believe the same stuff. You do you, I'll do me. It's cool. That's what makes the world go round. But when you're talking about a pandemic, your choices do directly impact me. And it's completely selfish. Even if you think I'm crazy, if you have any respect for life as just human beings, then you would feel like, oh, I should participate in this national mask mandate and I should participate in trying to do what I can in my small part of my world because that's just what needs to happen for human beings, even if I think it's overblown or whatever your point of view is. Right, because I'm going to endanger somebody else. I mean, if you don't have enough self-respect, okay, that's one thing. You you know, the big liberty argument, um, you can decide that that's okay. But when your decision goes a lot further than just you, wow, man, that that changes the conversation. At least it does for me. I, I don't know. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. So to get to maybe a lighter topic. um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) If you do cook Thanksgiving, which it sounds like you will in some capacity, what's on your table? So what we'll do, and we've done this once or twice now before, because we are all, well, we like turkey. First of all, we don't, you know, we we do a full on fairly traditional Thanksgiving from a food standpoint. Um, We're not a vegetarian household or something like that. So we have turkey just from the traditional part of standpoint. But we, but the last couple of years, we have not roasted the big bird. Um, We have braised turkey thighs because we're all dark meat lovers. And it's a simple thing to do. It takes a lot of the guesswork out of having the turkey come out right. And it's awesome. I mean, it's really juicy thighs with braising juice you can make gravy out of and veggies. And then, you know, we'll have mashed potatoes with our own homegrown potatoes, which is really satisfying. Yeah, usually, you know, a veggie like like Brussels sprouts, something like that. And Are you uh, pro or con on Thanksgiving salad? I'm good with it. We've had it before and it's fine. We eat salad a lot, so it's not too special. <laughs> uh, you know, whereas we don't eat turkey a lot, not because I don't like it, it's just whatever peculiar reason, I sort of forget to make it. Um, And uh, so turkey and mashed potatoes is usually pretty special for us, um, which is cool. That's what makes it a nice meal. And then pies. My wife is a really good baker and and she takes care of pies. Depending on how many people we'll have, we'll have two or three pies. That's fun. That's really nice. Your wife has this thing that she makes that she's made it for me like three times. It's a tart and it has like a pecan pie filling And then it has like a chocolate ganache on the top. Oh, man. (laughs) I would like to request that for the next time we gather. I will please put in my order. I take I take care of the stove. She takes care of the oven. (laughs) Yeah, so delicious. Are you a big do you are you fancy about wines that you'll serve or do you have a signature cocktail? No, I'm a liquor drinker. I, I'm I'm just a plebeian liquor drinker. We might we'll probably have wine, but I, I, you know it's lost on me. We'll just have probably white wine, but I don't know my way around wine, so I, I can't help you. <laughs> You're one of the people that is in my life that loves leftovers almost as much as the original meal. So, oh, yeah. what do you do with the turkey leftovers? I usually just like turkey sandwiches. My mom used to make turkey tetrazzini on Friday. That's Kurt's mom makes that too. (laughs) Which I love. Just the turkey and peas and butter 
and you and kind of on top with some noodles. yeah oh man <laughs> yep That's you good. make like a little you can either saute it up in a pan or you can make like a little casserole yeah yeah we would do the casserole kind of way whatever yeah is. and if you have leftover potatoes like you could put that on top yeah. and even make yeah. like a shepherd's pie kind of situation so good so all that good. gravy yeah yep. we usually do do like a leftover turkey pot pie um yeah. with all the stuff we'll just throw yeah. it all together yeah. and if we're shy yeah. of vegetables add a bag of frozen veg and you're on your way mouth water <laughs> and a little puff pastry dough top and there oh, you go yeah 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 no puff pastry dough frozen puff pastry is one of one of one of uh food technology's great inventions <laughs> it's like you don't have to make a, a crust <laughs> oh that puff pastry if you actually had to make a lacquered dough like that it takes oh, forever man. I've watched my food nerddom. I've watched shows where, you know, you, you watch like Jacques Pepin make a puff pastry. And I was like, oh, God. Forever. <laughs> that, is not, that is not my interest for what I'm going to do. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to wrap up this show and I'd like to have you on again. So I want to give a preview for when we'll talk next. Is there anything that's on your mind food-wide that you want to explore? I know you're big into the patty melts, but... It's so weird well, talking about restaurants because no one can go really. No, I know. And uh, my heart goes out to the restaurant people. I, I you know, it, it, after my little <laughs> soliloquy here about why is anyone going to a bar, I feel terrible for the poor people that own bars and work at bars. I mean, this is a terrible thing that's happened to them. They've lost their jobs. They've lost their, they've lost their livelihoods and their investments. And it's, it's awful. <laughs> so yeah, it's hard to talk about restaurants. You can talk about takeout. We've done takeout a few times. Not not as much as I actually thought we would, but we we've done takeout some. And 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 I guess it helps. I I don't know how they can make it on just takeout. People that are opening restaurants right now, people that are great, you know, I mean really respectable chef operators um that it's exciting that they're doing that i i wish them the best i know chef jorge guzman petit leon i would yeah. on a regular anytime i'd be there i'm just How so excited for his food open up yep. that restaurant in the former lucia's mimi I mean, and suki mm -hmm. yeah i mean that's that's so cool I, I you know i i go vaccine let's go so we can get out and <laughs> support yeah. these poor people Man. i'm with you on that all right. Yeah. So well, let's do uh, it again. We'll figure out what to talk about in food world. And maybe we can maybe we can bust into some other things like what we're reading, maybe or. Yes. Uh, Love you it. Know, there's, you know, things that are going around on around the Twin Cities, like carjacking. I, I did read that there were 73 carjackings mm -hmm. since July. Um, so that's about seven to ten a month. Yeah, it's it's it's. It's incredibly frightening, and I'm not someone that is that worried about having things happen to me in the big city. <laughs> but that it, is yeah. really weird. Yeah, Off no, I'm here with you. It's been uh, it's been a long summer. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, no kidding. All right, well, all right, thanks. Yeah, yeah, thanks for being a I'll guest, Miles Jacob. Okay. okay, all right, bye bye. <laughs>